Hey guys, it's Kim here. We know that right now during this COVID-19 pandemic that things are a little crazy and changing constantly. As you scramble to adapt to those changes and how it looks to serve from your own home, we want you to know that we're praying for you. We're practicing social distancing and I'm recording this from home, but the episode we are about to get into was recorded a few months back. And as you listen to it today, we hope that this episode and all our episodes are an encouragement to you through this season. There is some great content that I think you'll find encouraging in this episode today. So let's head into that now. Welcome to the 412 Canada podcast. My name is Kim Hutchins, and at 412, we're equipping the church for greater influence through serving. We want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and get equipped with us. 412 Canada is a ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Huntsville, Canada. You're going to love today's episode that we have with Joanna Leffler. She shares with us a little about how she got started in church communications, helpful tips for how to start a volunteer social media team at your church, and practical ways that each of us can encourage one another as we serve. All that and more on today's episode. Welcome to the 412 Canada podcast. Do you serve or lead volunteers in the local church? Are there days when you feel less than equipped to make the kind of impact that you want to make in your role or in your organization? Through this podcast, we're equipping the church for greater influence through serving. Thanks for joining us. Well, good morning. We are super excited here on the 412 Canada to have Joanna LaFleur. Welcome. Thank you. So fun to be with you today. Yeah, it's super exciting. Joanna came up uh, to Faith a little bit ago to help us with our communications. We happen to have a hosting team here on Sunday mornings that welcome everyone uh, from the stage. And maybe at your church, you do have someone that does announcements. Well, Joanna came up and she really challenged us uh, to take it a step further and work on our communications and how we're involved with the audience. And, you know, it was just fantastic, Joanna. Thanks so much for doing that. Oh, thanks. I mean, it's so it's so fun. Uh, the privilege of my job these days is to mm-hmm. to meet amazing people. What God is doing in the church all over, all over the world, really, but especially <laughs> all over Ontario, and um, and so it's just it was really fun to be with you and to and to see the team really like lean in and <laughs> and uh, want to want to to grow. It's exciting. Hey, and can you tell us though, what is your actual job title? Cause I know that you, you do podcasting <laughs> and speaking and consulting. So yeah. Yeah. Tell us what that working title is. Well, I mean, when you work for yourself, I don't think you have, a, I mean, you can call yourself whatever you want. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know, I'm, I'm the creative architect or something. No. I, um, That's a good what one. I, what I usually say is that 50% of my, I don't know about titles, but 50% of my life, I'm an upfront communicator mm-hmm. that includes a podcast TV shows and speaking mm-hmm. um, and the other 50% of my life I help others communicate so that's through things like coming to your church and yeah. doing a workshop or it would be um, consulting to churches I'm working with churches on like marketing and rebranding and church communication strategy and building websites and um, 
Oh, lots of different yeah. things, building apps <laughs> and content and thinking through how we communicate in the digital world. So 50% upfront communication, 50% mm -hmm. helping others communicate. So the title changes depending <laughs> on where I am and what I'm doing. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So um, we, yeah, I used to be, I used to be in a pastoral role, a ministry role, and uh, I've, I am not doing that anymore. I'm helping instead of just one church, helping lots of churches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And actually, so how did you get into this, into this whole speaking podcast consultant role? Where did that begin? Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> um, when you start to learn how to do things in one church, I think people start to find you. Um, mm -hmm. And not just me. I think that the church that I was from, I don't know. If, can we talk about what church that was? I'm yes, not sure totally. if we can name yeah, it. But, can, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I was... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was at Sanc I was at Sanctus Church, mm -hmm. which is based out of Ajax, a multi-site church. It used to be called C4 Church. Yes, yes, used we to know because we had Chris Vache, yeah, right? Community <laughs> Church. Yeah, Chris Vache yeah. worked with him. That was a privilege to work with Chris. Learned a ton from him over the years. And um, yeah, so throughout my time there, I think for a bunch of us on the team, um, because we were just a bit of a larger church in the Toronto area, there were people who would come and ask questions and, and we were learning along the way too. Mm -hmm. Like we were trying to figure it out yeah. just like everybody else. But you know, if you're two steps ahead, you can help someone else. And so, um, and so people began to come and ask for help and, and there was a limit to what I could do with that when I was working full time in the church, mm -hmm. um, but began to, to see, I mean, I mean this is a simple way of saying it but just began to see that there were so many churches that um, that needed what uh, what I had learned at mm -hmm. Sanctus Church and wanted to to be able to help more because I was really limited when working full-time at the church and what I could do on the side so that like for the podcast for example was something I just started as a hobby the podcast is called word made digital which I and love, uh, it started as way. a hobby <laughs> oh thanks thanks yeah it's um it's, it was a side project and mm -hmm. just I wanted to see season one of the podcast was do I like doing it and does anyone want to listen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and oh. uh, it was uh, – it's a huge amount of work to do. it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. I mean, you know. <laughs> yes. Uh, but <laughs> I didn't know discovered. how much work a podcast is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a ton of time and a ton of work um. and it, I had a few false starts before it kind of came into the world. Mm -hmm. Um but finally got it out there, and um, so season one was just to try it, and then it turned out I liked it and people wanted to listen, so then I said season two, my goal was to cover my expenses okay. uh, related to the podcast, um, which I was able to do through a sponsor, and then season three, I said I'd like to have, my goal was to have it start to become part of my income, mm -hmm. and that was sort of... Um, um, when I wanted it to become part of my income was after I had left my my full-time role in the church and was mm -hmm. trying to to make this new thing work. So now podcasting is a part of my my job. It's yeah. not the only thing, but it's a part of <laughs> part of my things that I do. And um, it's really fun to, you know too, like to um, to basically get all the questions I want to ask or the things I want to learn <laughs> I know, and to right? get a chance to ask them in public. I know. Yeah, well, I was so excited because I'm like, oh, Joanna LaFleur, she's got so much information. She does so much. I can't wait to chat with her. <laughs> I was quite excited this morning. Oh, oh. Thanks. Yeah, well, and, and it's this shared learning, right? That's the beauty of these podcasts. Mm -hmm. I don't know where people are listening today. Day, but in the car or they're at the gym or they're washing dishes at the end of yeah. the day in the kitchen, wherever people may find themselves, um, you know, we can learn on the go now and mm -hmm. get access to people 
who are, you know, really brilliant experts in whatever field or interest that we may have yeah. um, for free. It's, I know. it's an amazing <laughs> resource. Yeah. yeah that's... But there are a ton of work to do, as it turns out, as you know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a ton of work, but it's a labor of love, really. Right. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. And I just yeah. hope like our conversation is encouraging to those that are listening. Right. And I think it'll equip them as they serve in the church. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And speaking of churches. So what was your church background? Like, where did you start and kind of what, yeah. um, you know, did that um, role look like? I'm a bit of a church mutt. Uh, <laughs> I am. Um, my parents, um, my, my dad is Dutch and came okay. out of a Dutch tradition and like he was born in Holland and, and was raised there. He came to Canada. My mom came out of a sort of a community church context, evangelical church mm-hmm. called people's church in Toronto. Oh, yeah, it was yeah, founded yeah, by her family. That. Oh, cool. And so That's she grew awesome. up, yeah. So she grew up there and it was a big part of our family's history. And um, they met at a Presbyterian church. I think they dedicated my first brother in an Anglican, or baptized him into an Anglican church. You know, I was, but then by the time I came along, we were at a free Methodist church and we didn't baptize babies anymore. (laughs) And then we lived abroad and I went to a Baptist church in Romania. Oh, cool. And in Romania, yeah, Romania Baptist churches are viewed like cults because they're not the Eastern, Eastern Orthodox churches. Right. And so, yeah, we were there for a number of years and then came back. We're at a Baptist church in Whitby called mm-hmm. Faith Baptist. I think it's changed its name. It's on Taunton Road in Whitby, Ontario. Okay. Uh, I can't, I think it's called The Bridge or something now. Oh. And um, from there, ended up at what was C4 or Crothers Creek Community Church, which is an associated gospel church. And then when I went away to university, I was I went to and then began working after university at a Mennonite Brethren Church <laughs> in Waterloo, Ontario. And then wow. I ended up back at the AGC Associated Gospel Church C4, now called Sanctus. So That's I've been amazing. in and I went to an ang- and I went to an Anglican seminary. I uh, yes, I college. heard that. <laughs> so I you know, isn't there something so beautiful about what we can learn from all these denominations? Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think, I think I'm richer for it. You know, yeah. I think we all can be if we, uh, yeah, if we have an opportunity to, to you know, to worship with other, we probably have, all have like a mother tongue, like yeah. the thing we're most comfortable <laughs> in, but it, it's really wonderful to see, you know, to, to see the liturgy of an Anglican mm-hmm. tradition or to, um, you know, to see the, the emotion and energy of the Pentecostals or the, you know, the, the devout, you know, stick to the, what does the text say of our Baptist friends yes. and, and all of that. So <laughs> it's wonderful. It's all good. That's so amazing. And so did you volunteer at these various churches or is there one in particular that stands mm-hmm. out? Yeah. Well, as I said, when my family lived in Romania, my parents, we went there for my dad's engineering job, but the heart behind it, uh, the heart behind our, our uh, living abroad was ministry. And so really at an early age, I was exposed to my parents serving and getting involved in local church. Like as a kid, that looked like um, serving in HIV AIDS orphanages in Romania wow. and in the local church there, um, you know, trying to learn how to how to help the local church in Romania and mm-hmm. cross language barriers and cultural barriers and, and all those kinds of things. And so it was really sort of how I was, it, it was part of family life from the beginning for me. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, but then I was just a kid and so I'm just doing what I'm told. My first volunteer job, like official volunteer role, I think would have been probably summer camps. 
um, helping as a you know preteen at summer camps, and mm -hmm. then the, probably the most transformative role in my teen years was I, I played the violin on a worship team. Oh at my goodness. C4. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so we, we had long hours at the church. Yeah. Um, you know, you're there when you're on a worship team or in that kind of a role, you, it's a lot of, you know, production, rehearsal, audition time, mm -hmm. uh, not audition, but, um, you know, you're, you're around the church for many, many hours yeah. and, and then began even in high school actually started doing church communications. So we oh, did it for cool. the youth group. And what church communications included at that time, because this was the early 2000s mm -hmm. when people still had landlines. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so every Sunday I organized a team that would call every single high school or youth group person mm -hmm. on our list. So it was a few hundred people. It was a fairly large youth group. And we had a group of people that would go and sit in the church office every Sunday afternoon and call every single person, reminding them and inviting them to come that night. Wow. And sometimes we talk to them, sometimes we talk to their mom, <laughs> um, but we noticed it made a huge difference in if people actually would come. Oh, and that's so that interesting. Was, yeah, that was sort of my, my entry into church promo, church comms. Where we did a few, we did news announcements, videos, mm. and lots of other things. Um, but really it was in high school that I began diving into serving in the church. And, and I would say that that's probably totally tied to why my own faith solidified at that time in my mm -hmm. life. I think, um, when you serve with people, when mm -hmm. you, um, when you're, when you're living out your faith, it becomes real in a, in a new way. It's, it's, um, it's so true. Uh, right. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, so then it's not just, uh, the theory of it on Sunday, but you start to build the relationships. You start to um, learn what it means to serve mm -hmm. and sacrifice and give of yourself. And you begin to see lives change up close. Yeah. It's not just someone that you hear a story about on a stage or in a video or something in a newsletter. It's actually people that you know and got, mm -hmm. a, got to be part of the life change for them. So it just makes it, it I don't know, it's a bit of a drug, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Honestly, <laughs> I love serving. I love volunteering. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yes, definitely. I, my family's like, okay, you could maybe stop volunteering now, <laughs> but I do love it. Yeah. 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 It's probably, I mean, it depends on personality, I guess, but yeah. I think I would be more, I lean more that way for sure. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I, I think that I've had to more be thoughtful about what to say no to mm -hmm. rather than yeah. uh, I struggle uh, with that. be cautious about the yes. It's more like, oh, maybe we shouldn't do all those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, can you tell us about a time that was difficult when you were volunteering and maybe what motivated you or encouraged you to keep going? Uh, yeah, because <laughs> I know sometimes I mean, there like, are so many yeah. difficult times, aren't there? Yeah, I can you, you can yeah. be serving and then suddenly you're exhausted or and just sometimes a word of encouragement really goes a long way more than you even realize. Right. Or even more than that person realizes. But um, yeah. I think, um, you know, in, I, when I think of um, fast forward a little bit, a jump ahead to the next stage of my life would have been in my my university days. I was involved in a campus ministry at Wilfrid Laurier University, mm -hmm. and um, and that's where, as a young adult, I through serving in that ministry and in getting involved, I you face yourself in your serving. What I mean mm -hmm. is, you face your strengths and your weaknesses, yeah, and you face your values even of like because you have a leader who's who's carrying you forward and giving direction of where we're going. But mm -hmm. do you agree with that? Do you want to serve under that? Uh, you know, all those kinds yeah. of questions that it might bring up. 
And, and I would say that was a challenging time in life uh, in serving because I was coming to understand myself mm-hmm. and coming to understand what I was any good at. Like things I thought I was good at and I started failing at as a serv- oh, no. as a person serving. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know, like even just even just like struggling at that time with juggling it between um, school deadlines and then deadlines with, you know, the commitments I'd made as a volunteer and coming face to face with like, yeah, I said I would do it and mm-hmm. I didn't do it on time. And yeah. then having to talk with the leadership about what that looked like or had I taken on more than I could chew or I thought I could do it all. And then I realized <laughs> that I could. it's that sort of facing yourself that happens. Yes. Yeah. I think and for everybody. So right? yeah. yeah. So I think that when I think of like what was, and you know, the reality is then um, from there, um, the few years after university, I began working in church. And so mm-hmm. your relationship to church changes when you're getting paid to be there. Right. And so I, I want to acknowledge that for people too. <laughs> when, you, when, you're, when you're paid to be there on Sunday, it's a different thing, which is always why I, I was so amazed actually then at, at the dedication of volunteers in yeah. church and people who serve because um, no, they're not being paid to be there no, and they've no. shown up, um, you know, in some cases before I did. Yeah, and, they're, they're um, early, right? And with a huge, you know, with a positive attitude, uh, leaning into what God might be doing that day, and um, you know, has has probably taught me a, a lot about mm-hmm. what it looks like to serve. But I think the hardest times of my serving was when, really, that it it was facing facing myself and my own strengths and weaknesses, and then having to, you know, um, you know, be with leadership in my early twenties and. Uh, uh, work that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. now as you were certain, like when you became staff, what did you do to encourage those volunteers that you were working with? Um, food I think is a great motivator. <laughs> I do draw, like go right to food, right? Is <laughs> that's a quick one. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, that's, I mean, that, that's always the first thing I think of is food, but mm-hmm. no, I, um, I, I think in general, uh, uh, I know from my own time at, in volunteering and serving, but also just something as simple as looking people in the eye mm-hmm. and saying thank you like you mean it. Yeah. I think most people don't aren't serving to get a gift card. and I mean, a gift card's nice. Sure, give someone a gift card mm-hmm. <laughs> or a food or whatever. I mean, but, but most people are serving because they want to. Yeah. And so I, uh, I think that actually having like gratitude and appreciation and being able to articulate that, whether that's looking someone in the eye mm-hmm. or it's writing a, a thank you card or things that really don't cost any money, um, but uh, are sincere forms of gratitude towards volunteers, I've always found um, to be really meaningful. Um you know, but mo- motivating, encouraging, I think it's it's those, you know, those times. But when I said food right off the bat, it's because food brings people together, right? I you know, know. <laughs> sometimes on a on a serving team, you're all in different directions running around mm-hmm. on a Sunday or at an event, and you're not necessarily able to all – the point is you are there to work and to mm-hmm. serve, so you're not necessarily sitting down, hanging out, and getting to know one another, or you're not, you're not talking about – big vision all the time, but those times where you can get together and remind people, whether that's just at the beginning of the shift or, you know, a number of times throughout the year with email communication around like, this is why we're doing it. This is what it's about. Like, let's remember together why we're here and, and then also connect on a personal level with how everyone's doing and, 
that's why usually food is involved with yeah. all of that. <laughs> um, and I do think too, you do a great job on encouraging people in social, social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love mm-hmm. your posts, right? And I find them so encouraging. Well, so yeah. That is a great one, oh, right? Thanks. Just the words yeah. that you put out there. But I wondered then, how do you, like, can we talk about social media and that role in the church and how do you get people involved in that and get them to commit to it? And do you mean getting involved, like to serve on us and doing social media? Yeah. Yeah. So, cause it's yeah. coming kind of yeah. new, right? It's not, you know, that's yeah. not a job that people did, you know, when I was growing up in church. So this is kind of a totally, new area, totally. right? Yeah, but, you know, it's this amazing thing where the church can use people with all kinds of gifts and all kinds of skills and mm-hmm. all kinds of interests that, like, yes, if you love Instagram, yeah. like, that is a place you <laughs> we can, can serve use it, the right? church. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, and, and it's true. Like, if I look back even 10 years ago, I remember starting for my church, you know, starting Instagram accounts, mm-hmm. starting, you know, it's like, opening them up for the first time. And in the beginning, it was uh, uh, just like a side thing, a little thing that we did and add on to what we were already doing in yeah. terms of communication strategy. But but today in 2020, it's a primary way most churches would be thinking about communicating to people because it's where people spend like hours and hours <laughs> of their day, sadly, hours <laughs> of their day. Right. Um, and so we want to talk to people where they are Um, which is, you know, in many cases on the internet. So it has become, all to say, it has become a much more significant um, uh, thing in terms of amount of time, effort, expertise that's required. So, um, so, and and not every church is at the same place in terms of what they're able to do. You know, first of all, my encouragement would be in general, like it's overwhelming even just the amount of platforms. So I would say when I'm thinking about volunteers and teams for this, I'd say like, let's, let's be like on one in an active way uh, (laughs) before we start worrying about having to be in all the places doing all the things. I would say, you know, before even getting, you know, too far down the road of the team itself, my advice would be around, you know, maybe you're never going to use TikTok, but I would say just get your name handle, like the name of your church, if you can get that and kind of reserve the real estate for that name on TikTok Mm -hmm. um, or whatever new platform. If you hear of a new platform that comes out and it may become something you want to use in the future, better to just get the little handle and let it lie dormant than wish you'd had it, but somebody else took it. You know, not not that we're competing against other churches, but some churches have very similar names. So it's nice if you can get the one that's most memorable towards your own church congregation. Mm -hmm. So I would say just get them. But really, um, you know, when building a team, it's overwhelming to try and do all things in all places. And, you know, it's starting with what you can do and building from there with a realistic kind of realistic build plan from there. So for most churches, it would probably be be something like Facebook or Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, depending maybe on the age demographic of the church and getting a sense of where people in the the church community are most active. Mm -hmm. I would say you don't have to, if you're just, if you're just sort of saying, we're not good at any of this and everything is neglected, you know, what would it look to be really good at doing Facebook and Facebook groups. So speaking of that, to go um, to meander down the road of talking about volunteering, I think in general Mm -hmm. there are, if the team doesn't exist yet, it's probably for the leader to say, 
like so, so no one's volunteering for the role because they don't even know the role might be possible. Exactly. Um, right. How do you get that out there? So like, it, hey. Yeah. So it's finding. I think. I think it'd be the leaders or key volunteers looking and saying who in our church community already does this like yeah. who in their own life or um, in their own area of interest or maybe their own professional skill is already kind of active on social media and I would say like are there one or two people there probably are many people but are there one or two people we might think are interested active on whatever platform we wanted to use mm-hmm. Facebook or Instagram would probably be the, the two top ones right now and um and then from there, you know, are they trustworthy people? <laughs> um, and trustworthy, I don't just mean in like they're they're not gonna swear on your Instagram. I mean, I mean more like, can they spell things? Yeah, <laughs> that is um, important, right? Know, is, are they trustworthy with like grammar? Yeah, <laughs> um, little things, maybe. but you know what? It changes a whole message, right? <laughs> yeah, it really does. Yeah. And um, and so having people who can you know, who can, you know, write, put a, put a proper sentence together and have some interest in doing it on their own platforms. We've maybe seen on their own Instagram or Facebook Mm -hmm. that they write interesting things already. And so this would be something that they maybe didn't even realize that they could serve in the church doing, um, but they would maybe find themselves. And then if it's sort of established, I think it starts to maybe sometimes people start to come out of the woodwork themselves. Yeah. If, if the platforms already exist and have something kind of a bit of momentum behind them, mm-hmm. sometimes people start to self-identify, but you, most churches usually have a way of recruiting volunteers, whether, I don't know if that's a you know, a communication piece yeah. or it's an event a couple times a year to recruit volunteers or, you know, I find usually for most volunteering, putting stuff in a bulletin uh, doesn't usually work, but tapping someone on the shoulder <laughs> is pretty it to say, hey, I see this in you. I see this as a yeah. skill that you have. And I think you might really enjoy being on this team because actually we have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, can be really effective. And then just as a practical thing with social media, um, to get going, especially um, before uh, maybe before ev- both sides are sure, like, do we have trust and mm-hmm. do we really know our voice yet as a church? What are we trying to say? What are we trying to do? There's lots of ways, whether that's just like a spreadsheet, yeah, of like day, platform, paragraph, picture, you know, what yeah. is the post going to be on that day at that time? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there are programs you can pay for um, that plan uh, pay for and some of them are free I guess too programs where you can save uh, and plan out social media posts in advance before they go live where then the leader could go in and do like a quick scan of the spreadsheet or the the app and read through and make sure everything's you know the dates and times are correct yeah. and we've said <laughs> what we wanted to say and um, and maybe have some and so then the, but the more you I think the more that you do that with a volunteer team the more they get to understand and what the voice of the church is, and then you have to do less and less mm-hmm. of that massaging of the content as the as yeah, the and they'll take ownership. The... I find right once they're invested. Yeah, yeah, totally. And you know, if you over edit people, mm-hmm. that annoys them, mm-hmm. and they want to give up. So if we're over editing, it it either means we have micromanagement problems or <laughs> or maybe they're like actually like again as I said like their grammar is quite bad and like oh shoot yeah. maybe this isn't the right role for them in the end <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. which happens which happens oh yeah. my 
goodness. And that's okay. Yeah. That's what I, even what I was saying in my early twenties, right? Mm-hmm. You get, when you serve, sometimes you're, it's a self-discovery journey of discovering what you're good at and what you like to do. And, and sometimes when you volunteer in an area, you realize this isn't for me. Yeah. And that's okay. It doesn't mean it was a failure. It just means we want to find the right fit for you and for what you love to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so volunteering with, and the other thing is too, like, with, with the visual side of it, you know, there's lots of opportunity for people to, to share and take photos and to, there's, you know, you can just build like a Google, a Google photo drive where it's yeah. all free and everyone can upload, whether that's from their phone or from their a fancier, if people have fancier these days though, phone cameras, some of them, some They're of the so newer good. phones can yeah. take quite nice photos. Yeah. And, um, so people can really start with what they have and, mm-hmm. and begin to grow from there. And, you know, I always say, you know, even if people aren't very good, if you took a hundred photos, there's gotta be there's like one, be one or two yeah. that's usable. And so <laughs> we only sure. need one or two yeah. from the, from the day. So just keep taking photos and, yeah. you know, people get better and then they begin to learn too what, what works in that space and how to deal with weird lighting challenges in yeah. church, dark churches yeah. or um, you know, you know, they just get better over time. And then those, you know, photos become a huge library, um, that can be pulled by themselves or by another person on a social media team, uh, to be, you know, the photo plus the caption equals a post about joining a small group. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so, those are great ideas. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, social media is, is we could go on and on. It, I could know, be, right? it could be many hours about all things social media. I'm not sure if you want me to say more about that, but um, it is possible for volunteer teams to be really involved in a meaningful way in social media. And yeah. it does take a leader though, who um, can just provide some direction mm-hmm. um, in terms of, of um, what kinds of things we're talking about this week or this month and what sort of the voice of our Mm -hmm. church. And by voice, I mean things like, um, you know, our values and our vision statements and our mission and a voice around like, we're friendly. We're not trying to be super formal and sound (laughs) like we're a bank. You know, those kinds of things about voice. We want to sound probably, you know, warm. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I always say, like, you know, this is, I I think I said this actually at the at the event that we had together, mm-hmm. actually it might've been somewhere else, but, but, um, it might've been a, another event recently, but Taco Bell, for example, this isn't a Christian company, but their tone, if you w- read their voice on Twitter, oh yeah, the persona they try to be is a teen, a, like a, an 18 or 19 year old boy who's been smoking a lot of pot. <laughs> That's like the voice of Taco Bell okay. on Twitter. And so he's sort of a relaxed, happy guy who wants a lot of tacos. And um, that's sort of the voice that they have chosen. Obviously, a church would probably not choose that kind of a voice. But but just as an example to do an extreme in one direction of a company, you know, lots of organizations make a choice of the kind of person they're trying to be and the kind of person they're trying to talk to. And you start to (laughs) hone that over time. Uh, and so that no matter who's posting, they have that same kind of mm-hmm. kind of voice in mind. 
Yeah, which is great, right? Keeping that consistency uh, and that we as a church are mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. I love yeah. that. And again, yeah, we could talk forever about social media, but I do want to move on because I wanted to know about events, sure. right? I know you're involved in some events. Um, is there one yeah. that you could share with us or ones that you think that the volunteers are listening, it would be beneficial for them to know about uh, that maybe are coming events, up? You, just... Do you mean like like events that they can attend? Well, yeah, events that they can attend or just even ones that you have been helping with that are fantastic that maybe they would consider or just just even good to know about, right? That oh are Canadian. My. This is as a good well. question. <laughs> yeah, well, um, you know, I, I I think that probably by the time this comes out, this will be in the past. But it, it's an it's an annual event um, coming up just this weekend. Is the fluid fluid conference? Fluid gathering is the largest young adults conference in Canada. Oh, it's good to uh, know. it's in Oakville, Ontario. Okay. And so people come. It's a one day conference. It's on a Saturday. So if people were coming from a little farther, maybe that would mean getting a, a hotel room or Airbnb the night before. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a sort of intensive one day amazing speakers some are Canadian some are are more global and they mm. always bring in like a well-known worship band or um, worship people of some kind and uh, I, I think the fluid is is an excellent event every year and young adults is something like I don't know <laughs> it's flick I mean anyone it's can flexible. come but it's probably like <laughs> over 16 or 18 and under 30. Okay. Is sort of the target, okay. you know, probably yeah. 18 to 30 year old would be the target. But if you're outside of that, um, and the other one that I, I think of coming up soon is the, is the Canadian church leaders conference. I know. That's, that's exciting. Jerry Newhoff's church in Barrie. Yeah. Um, that has been, it was on hiatus and now yeah. it's back. I know. I'm and, so excited. Uh, <laughs> and, and a woman that I work with closely is Danielle Strickland and she's going to be one of the speakers there this year. There, but there's a, a great lineup of, of people coming mm-hmm. and I love anything that can, can be, I mean, there's a, so many American conferences and, and ones that people can find, you know, exponential is happening in Florida every year and orange conferences mm-hmm. and catalyst conference in October. There's some great conferences in the U S but, yeah. but things that are Canadian are always so nice. It is. It really yeah. is. Cause I mean, I do love going to the States, but it's just so nice to have it here at home. Right. Um, yeah. That's it. Yeah. And that's why we there's, started um, for 12 anyways, right. So that we could do it here. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, one more, um, one more conference I would just want to quickly mention is, mm-hmm. is something called Our Common Calling, which is, um, it's a conference. So Lausanne is a movement, a global movement around evangelism. And it was started by Billy Graham and another famous evangelist that I can't remember the name of. Okay. And um, it was basically that they were seeing all these fantastic thought leaders and evangelistic type people in business, in ministry and academia all over the world and they wanted to bring these people together. So mm-hmm. Lausanne is a, is a global movement, truly international. The last event that they had, the last global event was in the Philippines uh, in the summer, I want to mm-hmm. say. And anyway, so there's a Canadian Lausanne event called oh. Our Common Calling okay. and it's going to be in October in Brampton, Ontario. And um, it's an event that will be for uh, and so I'm involved in, in that we're kind of be, going to be gearing up in the next little bit around communications and you'll oh, good. Yeah, hopefully you know start what? hearing about it because yeah. we're going to start communicating it. Okay. But, and we'll um, put that in our show notes as well so yeah. people can find the link to that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, Fantastic. yeah, the, our common calling, it'll be businessly, it's not just for churchy people, it's mm-hmm. people from business, academia, um, you know, church ministry, et cetera, leadership, thought leaders from across Canada coming together, um, about the evangelization of Canada in an age where church is on the decline and what mm-hmm. can we do about it if we work together in an urgent, 
in this urgent task. Yeah. So that'll be a great event. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Oh, I'll have to look into that one yeah. for sure. <laughs> hey, can you tell us to your favorite resources, like whether books, podcasts, you know? Uh, yes, <laughs> I am. Um, I'm looking right now at the um, at one of the bookshelves that I have beside me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a book a book that I, I like anything by Henry Nowen, and one of the best books I say is like free counseling. Well, not free. You have to buy the book, but it's you know, <laughs> buy a book for twelve dollars and and save yourself a few therapy sessions. It's called <laughs> Life of Life of the Beloved by okay. Henry Nowen. Um, it really walks you through identity in Christ and why we do a lot of the weird things that we do yeah. out of a place of not understanding our, we are beloved. Mm-hmm. And so whether we act out of great insecurity or great arrogance and pride, both are out of this not understanding um, mm. our identity as loved and then how that affects how we go out and pour ourselves out into the world. So Ooh, it actually breaks, the whole book is broken down into um it's the metaphor of communion where it's uh, given and broken and sent and mm-hmm. eaten in the world. So um, Henry Nowen is a great book. I mean, there's there's so many books. Like I think of a book in terms of creativity and that kind of stuff, a book called Creativity Inc. by Ed Catmull. Uh, creativity, it's um, it's a book all about the guy who started like Pixar and how creative oh, cool. organizations work and think yeah. behind the scenes. That's a more on the business side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, if people, there's a, a book called leading on empty by Wayne Cadero. If people are feeling tired, burnt out, that's oh, a common that's a nice problem yeah, in our is. time. Um, oh man, there's so many books. Um, another one though, I'd want to shout out right now is called better together by Danielle Strickland. She just <gasps> came out with this yeah. book in February. And uh, it's a book basically about how men and women can work together in this age of things like Me Too and other movements where people might be afraid to work um, men and women together, how mm-hmm. we can work and serve together and how um, we must. Uh, like it's not good for uh, either of us to be alone, as yeah. the Bible said. And so that we, with our different unique skills and strengths, how we can, must, should work together mm-hmm. um, for the sake of the world. So there's some of it goes into the data and stats on why it's always better when men and women are serving together. And some of it is just very practical then about how we can move forward um, in that. So better together is probably my last recommend. I could go on, yeah. but that's enough. <laughs> I know. And those sound good. And I'm just finishing up the problem of God by Mark Clark. So I'm looking for uh, some more yeah. books to read. So this is great. I'll add some of these to my pile. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Oh, man. I'm a, I'm an audio book listener. Just this is another random thing. There's um, audio, audio books from Audible is a very expensive subscription to have audiobooks every month, but mm-hmm. your local library, you can get audiobooks <gasps> yes. for free. I know and Overdrive, so I, yeah. I, I, yeah, Overdrive. So yeah. I listen, I log, you know, you log in with your local library card, which is free. Some people don't know that you can get a free library card. I'm yes. shocked at how many people think you have to pay for a library card. <laughs> no, it's but, fantastic. Uh, this shows how often, shows how often we go to the library, but yeah, you can get some amazing Christian and other resources for free. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm listening to um, God Has a Name by John Mark Comer. That's my Ooh. book of the week from the free local library. It took me at maybe six weeks to get it after I was on the wait list, oh, but I finally yes. got it yeah. and this is my week to listen to it. <laughs> okay. I might try that one too. Um, okay. And then as I know we're finishing up, but um, what are some practical ways that those listening can encourage those around them? What would you say? 
Ah, yeah. You know, doesn't everyone need more? Everyone needs more encouragement than they receive. Yeah. Um, so I think that we often think that people know the things that they're good at, but mm-hmm. they don't, or they I need know. to be told again. Yeah. And so if we, you know, if we, we don't want to be stingy with our encouragement, you know, if we see something in someone, we should say it that we shouldn't be nervous to withhold it. You know, if we see someone do something that helped someone else, if we see someone do something that they're really good at, if we see something that made an impact in our life or the life of someone else, just to say it. It doesn't have to be some big speech. Just like, hey, like, you're really great at that. Keep going, <laughs> you know, or, you know, and people, yeah. that can that can be a big you know, a big step, you know, if someone feels like no one's seen or noticed or encouraged them in a long time. Yeah. I think we all are hungry for more encouragement than we have. And so why not be generous? It doesn't cost anything I know. to spread that around. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think that's the number one thing, you know, whether that is sending a quick text, hey, I'm thinking of you today. I, th- I saw you on Sunday when you were serving with the kids and I loved seeing it. I think you're so great at that. Send. Yeah, that's fantastic. That took, that took less than 10 seconds to do and could really make a difference in someone's decision to stay or leave their Mm -hmm. role. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Really? It's so impactful. Hey, I know you have to go uh, in a few minutes and this has been such a fantastic conversation, but can you tell us what is the best way for people to contact you? Should they have a question or just want to see what you're up to? JoannaLafleur.com is uh, my website. You can Mm -hmm. find all the links there to all the places and all the things. But The amazing um, things that you're doing. Instagram is... (laughs) Yeah, Instagram is probably my uh, Instagram story is my day to day updates yeah. for you and my mother of where I am in the world and what I'm doing. Oh. And so if my mom doesn't know what country I'm in, I she'll find it on Instagram. But uh, <laughs> so at, so it's I'm the same everywhere. I'm at Joanna Lafleur on all the platforms. Perfect. I guess my name is uh, unique enough that I was able to get it pretty much everywhere. Yeah, at Joanna Lafleur and JoannaLafleur.com. Okay, that's great. We will put those in our show notes for those that are awesome. listening and want to check that out, as long with all the other links, uh, the books and the conferences and everything else that you've mentioned, Joanna. Thanks again so much awesome. for being here on the 412 Canada podcast. Uh, we really appreciate your taking the time to chat with us today. Oh, thanks so much. It's a privilege. I love your church. Oh, I am thanks. so excited. <laughs> about this podcast coming out of it. And, you know, I, I hope that it's, I believe that it is like encouraging and blessing so many people and just with like really practical steps forward. Mm-hmm. So it's great. Keep going. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Joanna. Yeah, thanks. For our listeners, we want to help you stay connected with all that is happening around 412 Canada, including this podcast and our upcoming conference in May of 2021. The best way to stay connected is to sign up for our emails at 412.ca, that's F-O-U-R 12.ca. And when you do that, we're going to send you the audio from our conference last spring for free. Also, be sure to check out our show notes where we will include all that we talked about, including resources that Joanna talked about and ways that you can best connect with her online. Please leave a review and like and share us with your friends. And we look forward to the next time on the 412 Canada podcast. 
Thanks for listening to the 412 Canada podcast. We hope this episode has equipped you for greater influence through serving. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and consider leaving a review on the app you use. The 412 Canada podcast is a ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Huntsville, Canada. Explore everything 412 Canada at 412.ca. Thanks again for spending time with us. See you next time.